never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for it full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically. And then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is Mark My Words. Hello and welcome to Mark My Words, where today I have a really inspiring and should probably say motivational guest today because if you listen to her podcast and you just dig into some of the topics that she talks about, you're definitely bound to be motivated. Today, I have Nicole Malone, who is a 14-year Air Force veteran, precision nutrition certified coach. She is a small business owner at Dark Horse Nutrition LLC, has a wonderful podcast at Sneaky Fit Podcast, and I could have sworn that I saw a picture somewhere along the line where you were lifting some pretty heavy weights. I almost feel like you could lift me like right over your head. <laughs> and, uh, that's actually, that's where the Sneaky Fit comes into, into play. <laughs> actually, I don't think it's as sneaky as uh, you may think because your shoulders are very, uh, you know, defined i'm very very stocky i guess i i have brute strength yeah i mean i'm talking to a lady so i'm trying to put that in the the best uh, way that i can without like being offensive but i would (laughs) say that your your shoulders like they look very defined like certainly more defined than my own but oh thank you no you you definitely look well, a lot more fit than I do. So you're probably like the perfect guest for this podcast. Uh, Nicole, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing awesome. It's it's Tuesday, the end of end of the work day. So yeah, happy, happy to be here and end my end my day talking to you. TGIT, I hear that. I uh, used to be off on Tuesday and now it's just a Tuesday instead of a Saturday. So I'm still getting used to that. And uh, so I also wanted to mention, because we might see Fred and or Wilma, your cats, making an appearance. So they have yet to appear so far, but I've been promised. You see my cats, if you're watching on YouTube, you see my cats like every episode. So yeah, Wilma's sleeping on the chair next to me, actually, and Fred's on the couch behind me, which you can't see because I have my virtual virtual screen up for that purpose, so you don't see the craziness in the background <laughs> sparing you. Oh no, that I should probably spare <laughs> all the viewers and not have like all my records and stuff up, but I just <laughs> figured, eh, you know, I'm already doing a podcast that I feel really like. Reflect, reflects the realness of not only the guests, but of me. So I'm just like, eh, you know, I'll just leave it 
like super authentic and you know you see I'm a Def Leppard fan and yeah I see that wrong direction and yeah yeah I got you the mirror <laughs> heart etc Abba wow that's I, random oh yeah no that I'm playing the wrong direction that record right there yeah one of my all-time favorite albums right there oh wow so, yeah it was actually their last album they only had like one like real hit off of it but it's like a phenomenal album so i could probably talk about that all day <laughs> we are here to talk about you and uh not only how we can maybe find out how we can get sneaky fit but also talk about your journey and one of the things that intrigued me about your journey right off the bat so i always do my research i check linkedin and i do all that fun stuff and i saw that you majored in criminal justice once upon a time uh take yeah. us back to that time and tell us what you might have been thinking back then Oh boy. Uh, yeah, nothing makes sense. So I will tell my story, but I do have a bachelor's in criminal justice. I currently work full-time in intelligence and I'm trying to grow my nutrition business. So <laughs> to put it in all that craziness, that doesn't make sense. So um, I've always been really active growing up and in, into sports. And I would consider myself like one of the guys I was always out like playing football and doing whatever with the with the kids in town. Um, so to make a long story short, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, I wasn't a fan of school. I hated school. So when I was about a sophomore in college, I was bored sitting on my parents' couch and I saw this army commercial. They were low crawling in the dirt. And I was like, Oh, that looks so, that looks so much fun. I want to do that. So I literally, after I saw that commercial, I got in my car, went to the recruiter station. Uh, the army recruiter was out to lunch. Then I went to the Marines. The Marines were out to lunch. The air force recruiter was literally the only recruiter in the office. So that's literally how I ended up in the air force is because he was the only one I could talk to. Um, but I, I was a cop on active duty. So I, Ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a uh, FBI investigator or a detective or whatever. I've, I, I just had a passion for for detective work, not necessarily law enforcement per se, but the investigations, a detective, the criminal profiling, like all that stuff. Um, so I was a cop on active duty, and that's when I started my criminal justice degree. I thought I was going to get out of the military and go the cop route. When I got out in two thousand six before I went into the reserves, um, it was very competitive back then to be, to be a local police, police, uh, person and back home in Jersey. Um, so I wasn't able to get a job. I took many tests and there was a wait list, like 150 applicants for like one or two full-time slots. It was super competitive back then. Um, I'm not sure how it is now, but back then it, it just was too difficult. So I ended up going, back into the military, full-time reserve. Um, that's how I landed in the intelligence field. Um, but I was so close to finishing my criminal justice degree. 
I just finished it off, even though I knew I wasn't going to do that for a career. Um, so in the reserves, it's how I landed in intelligence um, and how I landed in nutrition is um, I've always, as I stated, I was always active. So I've always had a passion for health, fitness, nutrition. I actually thought I was going to be a personal trainer. I was actually going to get certified in a personal trainer and I wanted to work on a, in, a, in the gym. Um, but we can get through my weight loss journey in a bit, but it was through my own personal weight loss journey and transformation and what I've gone through in my personal life that made me realize that losing weight and getting healthy is so much more than what happens in the kitchen or even in the gym. Um, so that's why I ended it in the nutrition route, um, vice personal training. Cause I feel like there's more, I can help people on a more deeper level than I would be able to as a personal trainer. Um, so that's a long story on how I ended up with three different things that kind of don't make sense, <laughs> uh, when they don't go together at all, but that's how it happened. <laughs> Well, that's the thing that I love about doing this particular podcast is that there's no one way or one uh, like exact uh, formula for how people get to where they are. And you're definitely an example of that. And I know on my end, I definitely did not have a formula. You talked about somebody who didn't know what the heck they wanted to do. I went from working in retail to working at a woodworking factory and dropping in and out of college because of yeah. just not really knowing what I wanted to do. So believe me, you had like three things. <laughs> I had like a thousand that I wanted to do. And really all along, I think I knew what I wanted to do. Because early on in my life, I loved playing around with radios and TVs and taking them apart. And that was something that stuck with me and it still sticks with me to this day. And the older I get and the more I reflect back on all that, the more I say, you know what? I did know what I wanted to do. It was all the other stuff around me that was getting into my head that was kind of affecting that so that's yeah yeah that's definitely true like uh like I said I always thought I wanted to be an FBI agent and that would have been like my absolute dream but it's funny to think when you were younger to your adult years like how how things change um so my passions change throughout the years obviously but I've always, since I was in high school, I would say even back then, I've always wanted to break into the health and fitness space somehow. I just didn't know how or, or how I wanted to do it. Um, and, and it's scary to start something new. So I always stopped myself. I was in my head and just never took the plunge. And then when I was furloughed in 2020, the beginning of the pandemic, the beginning of COVID, because uh, I work for the federal government here in Virginia, um, when I was furloughed, I was like, you know, I was like, no job's really as secure as you think it is, right? Like, so I was like, why, what's, what's holding me back? Uh, I'm, I'm 
I feel like I will have more control if I start my own business and, and be my own boss and, and become an entrepreneur and do what I really am passionate about. So I am still working full time trying to grow my business, but, uh, I'm not the only one or not the only woman who thought that funny statistic, there's been uh, more business owners, female business owners starting businesses in 2020. And now about 50% of small business owners are women. So like women have exploded in the, uh, in the entrepreneurial market uh, in the last year, which I think is fascinating. And you know how I know without looking at any statistics, how I know that's true. Because a good percentage of the guests that I've had on this podcast have been women, especially this year. I mean, I'm to the point where I'm like, holy moly, I got to get like more guys on this show. There's just been so many women, which is amazing. But now I have like a very unique problem. I actually have not had like near as many guys on here. I haven't really like taking count or anything i just know it's been like heavily skewed in one direction which i think is great but i i need to get a little more it's funny variety diversity (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's kind of like taking a a bad situation and and making a positive out of it so there's no better there was no better time than when you're sitting at home uh Obviously, you can't go out and do anything in the beginning of the lockdown. So, you know, it's no better time to do what you've always wanted to do and and just start doing it. So and you've had a year. I mean, I can't believe we've been through this craziness for a year. But I mean, it's been a year. So you've had a year to literally work on growing or starting or whatever what you've always wanted to do so i i just found that statistics fascinating that uh it's mostly women who's kind of taken advantage of that situation and truthfully before the pandemic started when i was more into the blogging world it was like heavily skewed towards women as well and i think it's for very similar reasons as you're pointing out so i mean there's a lot of female entrepreneurs out there and hopefully when people go through this podcast and see all the episodes that's something that will really stick out and uh i i think it's great and i i hope that that's a a good reflection not only on on me but just on entrepreneurial world in general so yeah for sure yeah i think it's great so you just to kind of segue into something else you were saying you were talking about the pandemic how do you feel the pandemic has affected business for you has it been a positive or a negative i mean i started in the pandemic so uh i have nothing to really compare it to, but I'm online. I just started breaking into the local market here in Virginia, but uh, I started just as most start with family and friends. So I had clients in New Jersey, clients in Massachusetts. um, And now I have clients in Virginia, which is awesome trying to get more involved in the local community here. But since I'm strictly online, I'm not brick and mortar. Um, it really hasn't affected me much. I will say pricing 
Um, every once in a while I'll hear it's just too steep or I can't afford it um, because, you know, the job situation, whatever their job situation may be. But now I think, I think business is picking up because things are starting to open back up and a lot of people over the course of the last year have gained 15, 20, 30 pounds. Um, so now I think people are like, holy crap, I need, I need to make a change. Uh, we can go back to civilization. So, so I'm starting to see more and more people asking for help uh, that wasn't there a year ago today. So are you, do you have any plans to go uh, brick and mortar down the road? No, I, so I have had a client that I'm working with actually last week during one of our weekly check-ins asked me if we can see if we can do these uh, weekly calls in person. Um, so I would like to offer in-person um, meetings. Uh, I think right now it'll be uh, in a mutually like a middle ground location, like a coffee shop or whatever. But I might think about as I grow to rent out a office space on an ad hoc basis or whatever, if, if I have clients that want to meet in person, but she's the only one right now who's wanted to meet in person. Everyone else is fine, either video call or phone call. We also have a business center in my condo building that I can uh, reserve and, and use that as well. So I, I don't think I'll need a brick and mortar. I think I can either rent an office space or reserve what we have here. Um, or we'll see what happens. But so far, I've had one client who is interested in meeting in person. So I'm still trying to figure out how, how I want to handle that. So let me talk about Dark Horse Nutrition. Yeah. Where did you come up with that? <laughs> I love telling this story. So the name is the hardest part to come up with. So I literally just did a Google, uh, Google search. Um, but I'm very much into symbolism. Um, and I know you can't see this because I have a virtual background, but I have a lotus flower tattoo. Yeah, you can't see, but I have a lotus flower tattoo on my arm. So my mom and I got matching tattoos about two, uh, about two years for her 50th birthday, actually. So 10 years ago, crap, a long time ago. Uh, we got matching tattoos. So the, the Lotus flower symbolizes, um, rebirth. And we got that, um, when we lost my brother, we kind of did that to kind of symbolize that or whatever. Um, cause at that time I had recently, uh, she had gone through therapy. I'd recently gone through therapy. So that's where my logo came from the Lotus flower. And then the dark horse symbolically, uh, means transformation, so symbolically they go together um, and it makes sense with what I'm trying to do. And I didn't want to be like everyone else and have a actual dark horse. I wanted to kind of be creative and think outside of the box um, to stand out a bit more, but yeah, just symbolism makes sense. Nothing, nothing crazy. I don't have a weird fascination with horses or anything. <laughs> so you want people to look at the logo and say dark horse nutrition, but I don't see a horse. Okay, now I got, I got it's a good conversation. It's a yeah. good conversation piece. It's a good way to get the conversation going. Because every time every time I talk to someone, they ask that question. So I just think it's fun to kind of have that as a, a, a talking topic. Well, speaking of talking topics, and <laughs> I don't think that this is something I've ever touched on on this show. 
But since LLC is staring me in the face, yeah. along with everything else, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually somebody who has been thinking off and on about having an LLC myself. Mm -hmm. And I'd be really curious to know more about the process of becoming an LLC. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening or watching who might want to know. I mean, I just went through LegalZoom, uh, so I'm a sole proprietor, uh, and I just went to LegalZoom and paid however much money it is. Uh, it wasn't too expensive. And yeah, just filled out all the information and submitted it to them. And then they took care of everything. I literally didn't do anything. And then they sent me all the documents when it was all complete. And then, of course, you have to register with whatever state you're in. So I had to register with Virginia um, to be legal and tax purposes and all that. So you will get EIN number that you'll need for tax purposes and register with the state. Um, but yeah, it's super easy. If you just go on LegalZoom and just pick whatever package you want, they'll all you have to do is just fill out the information, uh, pay, and then they'll take care of all the all the paperwork and send it to you when it's done. It literally took like 14 days. It was it was quick. Mine was quick. Wow. So you don't have to justify anything or explain anything? What do you well, they'll no, you just tell them what you want your name to be, uh, where you're located, just fill out the form. They'll do a check to make sure the name is there's no conflict, like no one's going to come after you and see you and say you need to change your name. Uh, so to make sure the name is good to go. So they do all that on their end. And then the state, when you register with the state, they'll do that as well to make sure you're you're good with, with the state that you live in with whatever LLC name you pick. Uh, because obviously there can't be more than one. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's easy. It, it was really easy. I've just always thought about doing something like that. Like, oh, I I bet it's like kind of involved or no. that go through hoops. It's, it's that simple. Yeah. Legal Zoom's your friend. Well, I do have a little bit of an imagination. So <sighs> I'm thinking somehow like you're going to have somebody going, this is unacceptable. And <laughs> you got to do this. You got to do that. Or you're not making enough money. So I <laughs> You don't have to be making money when you get an LLC. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I told you, I, I have a little bit of an imagination. So, yeah. But that's good to know. I, I didn't know what that process was. It's actually not very involved at all. No, because right. you have your, you're paying people to do it for you through LegalZoom. So, that's what they do. And yeah, just make sure you register as well with whatever your state requirements are. Interesting. Well, perhaps that will uh, push me a little bit more to uh, make something an LLC on my end. I mean, I got yeah. this, I got this podcast. I've been thinking about doing some other things. So there you go. Who knows? But getting back to you and getting <laughs> off of that topic. So we talked about dark horse nutrition a little bit. Yeah. Well, we talk about your podcast, Sneaky Fit. So how did that come about? Um, I don't, I actually don't know. So when I started my business is when I started 
because again, I'm online and pandemic, you're not meeting people in person. Um, I am part of two chamber of commerce here in Virginia, but most of our networking is done virtually even still. Um, so, so videos become big in the business world, uh, especially for marketing and whatever. So it's all about video now. So I had to kind of get good at getting creative with my marketing, with my videos. I have a Facebook group um, that's new that I'm trying to grow. Um, So I go, I do a lot of videos on there. I'm starting to get webinars. So I started becoming comfortable public speaking and, and talking in front of a camera and on a microphone because I used to have stage fright. Uh, So this has helped me come out of my, come out of my comfort zone and out of my shell. So I was like, how can I get more information to more people? Because there is so much misinformation on the internet. Um, And it's just giving people bad information. People are confused. People don't know what to eat anymore. Like it's just, it's super frustrating. And it makes my job and registered dietitians and nutritionists like our, it makes our jobs hard because now we're having to correct all this other crap that's out there. That's not correct. So I was like, how can I reach more people? There's a lot of, uh, influencers on YouTube who do just that. They try to, you know, dispel the misinformation. Um, and I watch a lot of their YouTube videos. I don't want to be a YouTube star. So I was like, podcasts are the next best thing. So once I started getting more comfortable talking on this thing, the microphone and in front of a camera and all that stuff, um, I, it was my intention to, somehow reach the masses and, and try to get on the bandwagon of, of kind of dispelling a lot of the misinformation. The podcast is comfortable for me because I don't have to be on camera if I don't want to. I don't want to be a YouTube star. YouTube is way too much work that I'm willing to put into it. Um, so I did have a Thursday rant segment for a while, which I'm sure you heard. Uh, and that's kind of where I kind of went on my unscripted, unfiltered, like, peed off about this that I'm hearing or this that I'm seeing. Uh, I stopped that. I'm not doing those rants anymore, but um, that was actually the intention. I'm just having fun with it. Uh, I do market it uh, here and there. Um, It's not something I'm, you know, banking on to make money. Uh, It's just something I'm kind of doing for fun and, and to, you know, like I said, get, get some as good information as I can get out, out to the masses. And if I'm able to, grow it and it's able to make, you know, a side income cool. But yeah, my intention is just to have fun, have it be a cool little hobby and see what happens. I actually enjoyed some of your rants. Oh, did you? I did. (laughs) I like them too. It's just hard to keep up with the, with the two, two, uh, two a week. And, uh, I'm kind of running out of things to, to rant about. I don't want to keep ranting about the same because I could rant about the multi-level marketing like Beachbody and and doTERRA and Monate and all those other companies on the market. But I don't want to make I don't want to make my podcast uh, an anti-MLM podcast, whatever. So if if I come up <laughs> with other uh other topics that kind of or if I see something of like, oh that really pees me off, then I might just do a random off the cuff kind of Thursday rant, but the series, um, I did enjoy it. I did, I had it going for about two months. It was, it was a good clip, but, uh, yeah, I was kind of running out of things to rant about that wasn't kind of getting repetitive. 
Yeah, I was thinking about that on my drive home. I was like, this is really cool. I wonder if she does kind of like get, uh, you know, I don't want to say running out, but maybe writer's block on it. Like you just, let, yeah. I almost want to say you have writer's block right now, right? Yeah, it's it's shot. just it's just a lot, you know, like I'm less than a year. I'm about eight months into my business. So I have processes and stuff that I'm trying to build for my business plus clients and all this other content I have to create. Um, it's just, it just became a bit overwhelming, um, especially still working full time. Uh, I definitely want to keep the Sunday episodes because that is really the Thursday rants were in, informational as well. It was just kind of, I was little free flow a little bit and kind of cursed every once in a while, <laughs> but my Sunday podcasts are, are more informational, more, more structured. So I'm kind of toying with the idea of making my Sunday podcasts, like mixing it up a bit and every once in a while, like doing a Thursday rant kind of format, but not ranty kind of just like laid back and get my little soundboard going a little bit more. So I might just use Sunday as kind of mix it up a bit. Every once in a while, I'll throw in a random, you know, off the cuff episode is, is what I'm thinking. But yeah, I, I was kind of running out of ideas. So did you do anything in particular to build up your confidence behind the mic and being on the camera? It was just doing it. So um, in my full-time job, um, I'm, one of the subject matter experts in this particular area I focus on. So when I go to meetings with, you know, chiefs and people in management, um, I do quite a bit of speaking. And even that used to make me nervous. Um, but since I started just sucking <laughs> at videos, when I first started like really sucking. Uh, my mom actually criticized me in the beginning of my podcast. I said, I'm a lot. <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I did, I sucked and, you know, I'm still not whatever it's, I'm just, I just care less about being perfect. So for me, I, I was looking for perfection and that's hard to kind of do when you're doing stuff like this. So once I kind of just stopped caring in the sense of caring to be perfect, um, and let my guard down and just let my personality through and just be me and not try to emulate other people I see on video, you know, I'm, I'm my own person. I have my own personality. I'm pretty laid back in real life. So that's kind of how I decided to approach my videos. You know, I'll have some talking points off to the side, but as soon as I started be, being myself, I started to become more comfortable and confident. Um, and that actually translates to my full-time job now. Like whenever I go to those meetings, I don't, I don't feel my face turning beet red anymore. I feel more relaxed and comfortable and confident, even if I'm not 100% confident on the material per se, I, I still put that confidence through. So my side business right now has really helped me in that way for my full-time job as far as building my confidence in public speaking and and just working better with my teammates because again, you're, you're collaborating and I'm doing that more. Um, so it was just doing it. And I think just knocking down the walls and stop trying to be perfect because you're not going to be and stop trying to expect yourself to be perfect and just be yourself. Don't try to be so, you know, tight and structured and, and scripted. If that's not who you are as a person, that's not who I am as a person. And that's 
what I was trying to be at first and it just wasn't fun. And now I just come on and just wing it and hopefully uh, things come out right, <laughs> which, which probably is not the perfect way to go, but it's, it's, it's what's fun to me. <laughs> Actually, I think that's a very good, good, uh, I can't even talk, which is me being me getting all tongue guys. <laughs> I, I think that what you're doing and your mindset on that is a really great one. And I think, first of all, you're doing a really good job even today. So I can see the naturalness in uh, your speaking, not because I'm here to critique you, but <laughs> while we're on the, the topic, I'm like, you know, she's saying all this stuff and she's doing really good. So thanks. And so I, I have, I have big shoulders and I'm a good speaker. Well, I didn't say big shoulders. I'm just giving you a crap. I was giving you crap. Defined. Defined. <laughs> Defined. <laughs> yeah, because that, that picture that I saw on Facebook, I'm like, you know, shoulders are just up like this. I'm like, my shoulders aren't up like that. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so, what the other thing, what, what did I want to say? I wanted to say something else. And it was something good about you. I can't remember now. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. Oh, was it about speaking? It was about speaking, and I cannot remember what I was going to say, but I I do think, so one thing I was going to say, in addition, I had like a couple different things. I had them all queued up while you were talking, but um, one of the things I wanted to say is that when I first started my own videos, and I can almost even say when I first started this podcast, I don't feel like my performance was where I felt it should be in my head. Yeah. And I think we all go through that. And yeah. even by the time you get to the end of the first year, the first season that I did, there's like a huge difference. And yeah. I think this year there is an even bigger difference. I even on my drive home today, I was thinking, okay, listening to my episodes so far this year, I feel like I'm umming and doing all that too much. I, I want to challenge myself and not say um in this episode. That was the challenge to myself. So oh, in this episode right here? In this episode right here. Oh, you're doing good. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. I yeah. think to slipped out early on, but it's that kind of thing. And I think that actually leads me into the thing I wanted to say, yeah. which was this doing work online with speaking, making video content, it's going to make you better in so many aspects of your life. And you're not even going to really fully know where it came from because, and I think you have learned that. You just pretty much put it right out there that that's, it's helping you in all different aspects. It's helping mm -hmm. you in your job. I know yeah. it's helped me tremendously in my job because I'm on the phone yeah. pretty much all day, depending on what day we're talking about. Some days are a little crazy and it's, pretty much literally I'm on the phone all day, but uh, 
Ah, see, I let it slip out. Ah, that's good. That's good. Once every once in a while, it's okay. <laughs> I'm self-aware, so yeah. I, um, so you were gonna say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Um, so I think the podcast. Um, the podcast. I wanted it to tie into my um, my business per se. So um, I kind of actually used a few of my podcast episodes and sent them to my clients because they were struggling with a particular episode I actually put out. So I, I use my podcast as one different content for different social media platforms, right? So, you know, you do one thing, you just recycle, reuse. Um, but it also helps my clients as well, like, especially with the clientele I work with, the two episodes I did on menopause and your hormones as you age. I use that episode for a couple of my clients struggling with those issues currently. And I just sent them the episode and asked them to listen to it. And then we just talked about it. So I, I think it's very um, helpful in my coaching practice too, because I don't have to do extra research. The research for me has already been done. All I have to do is just recycle the research I already did and just reuse it with my, with my clients. So, um, it's actually being, my podcast is actually being more useful and, and, uh, and more applicable to my coaching business, which was my original intent that I thought it was actually going to be. So as I started my podcast, I wasn't sure how it was going to tie into my business and slowly it started to kind of happen naturally and organically. So yeah, I'm super, I'm super stoked about that, that uh, I'm actually able to tie into my business as I kind of envisioned at the start. And that's a really cool idea. And I think somewhere along the line, I mean, you can certainly run your business how you want, but my intuition tells me that somewhere down the road, you're going to find other themes to incorporate into that podcast. And I could definitely, just based on what you're telling me, I could see that being like a really useful ongoing tool for you. So, Yeah, I've actually thought today of having a, a client at some point come on my podcast and talk about their journey. Um, I just have to find a client that's comfortable, <laughs> comfortable doing that, but not anytime soon. But eventually, uh, I think that will be an interesting conversation to have to talk about not necessarily our coaching relationship, but just their experience and their journey and, and what they're what they're going through to bring someone on who's more relatable. Like I've told my story many times. Um, but I'm the host, I'm the coach, like someone wants to hear it from someone who's not me, I tell my story to be relatable to the people I want to help. Um, so I'm not intimidating. Um, I have, I can empathize with them. So I started telling my story, but I think it'll be interesting to have a client of mine come on and, and tell their, tell their story It'll be a different take. Would you be willing to share some of that story and how everything kind of evolved? Oh, my story? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I can try to make a long story short again because it's kind of been like a lifelong battle, but um, it, it ties into my, new, my unique style of coaching too. So um, I would say in about 2015 on my wedding day, I would guesstimate I was probably about 40, maybe more pounds overweight, um, in 2015. So 
I wasn't, I looked at my wedding photos and rather than seeing, you know, a beautiful, happy bride, you know, happiest day of my life, my husband's not here. So I can say this, uh, I looked at those photos and, uh, essentially just saw a fat bride. Like my mind immediately went, cause that was the heaviest I've ever been in my entire life. Uh, all I saw was a fat bride and I was like, something's got to change. I can't. Cause when I met my husband, I was not, I gained like 40, maybe 50 pounds, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of weight. Um, so yeah, so just, I just realized that something's got to change. Like, I don't want to look like that anymore. I'm not happy. I'm not happy mentally, emotionally, physically, like every aspect of my life, I'm just not happy. So I would say a few years ago, probably three years ago now, I actually went to therapy and, uh, squared all that stuff away. Uh, without getting into details. And then, um, yeah, as soon as I finished that and went through that experience, something clicked and I started to see the world differently. I started to have a more positive outlook. I started to see myself differently. Just, it was just a very positive experience for me. Um, And that's when I was able to really make positive lifestyle and habit changes and really lose weight and keep it off. Uh, So currently I'm not I'm not 100% to my goal, right? I'm definitely light years from where I was at my heaviest. Like I'm definitely night and day. I probably lost about, you know, 30 of the 40 pounds. I, you know, I have maybe about 10, 15 pounds left to lose that I I personally want to lose. Um, But it was through that experience that, as I mentioned earlier, that I realized that it's more than what happens in the kitchen, what happens in the gym. Like you can go on every fad diet known to man. I've done them all. South Beach, Atkins, uh, Ideal Protein, Weight Watchers, Slim Fast. Like you can come at me with any diet. I've probably done it. And the weight always came back on. So you can do every quick fix. You can do every fad diet you want until you really take control and focus on the true underlying issues and what's really causing you to have those unhealthy habits and that unhealthy lifestyle and this vicious cycle of, of yo-yo dieting and weight gain, weight loss, then you're not going to be able to make lasting change. Um, so once I lost the weight and started my business, I wanted to work with clients who are going through those same pain points and kind of show them, cause I'm living proof that, by focusing on these things, you truly can <laughs> lead a healthier and more sustainable lifestyle while still enjoying the foods you love. I still eat chocolate. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't eliminate anything from my diet. It's just about moderation, not deprivation, but that's why I take the approach I take. So I focus on nutrition. Of course, I'm a nutrition coach, but I, I really spend the majority of my time focusing on mindset and emotional health as it pertains to food. So I focus on mindset, nutrition, uh, emotion, and movement. Um, so I really take the unique approach of focusing on truly on the underlying concerns and their emotional relationship with food, unhealthy relationship with food, rather than just focusing on the food itself. Well, first of all, congratulations on how far you've come in your journey. I think that's really amazing because I know for me, a few years back, I lost 30 pounds, and I remember how crazy hard yeah. that was. And, of course, I gained that 30 back. <laughs> well, what happened for me is I was running every day, 
And then I discovered that I'm getting older and my knees can't always handle some of the like unpaid rows that we have. Oh yeah. And all that stuff. So my knees started like blowing up and getting pretty swollen. So I was like, oh man, I guess I gotta cool out for a while. One thing leads to another and suddenly you're back to where you were and you talk about habits. So mm-hmm. for me, I can pretty much like start and stop pretty much anything that I would normally eat. Like let's say no pizza for a month. Okay, I can do that. Even though pizza is delicious, I can do that. <laughs> One thing that I just have a hard time that but I've improved a lot on is uh soft drinks in particular coca-cola is like that's like my comfort go-to and uh i've gotten to a point where i'm at least drinking coke zero mostly instead of regular coke but this is a habit i've had since the end of high school so well it's not so you you made a statement about pizza and uh i'm not knocking you or whatever but this is a mistake that not a mistake but i would say a trap that a lot of people fall into when they're trying to lose weight is they carbs is usually what people get it give up um which i don't i could do a whole episode on just carbs but i mean i can give up like salad i have salad every day I'll give but that up. <laughs> but my my point the point i'm trying to make is um if you're trying to lose weight um when i talk about habits i'm not talking about um giving things up i'm not talking about completely eliminating things from your diet because that's not sustainable um, i'm talking about um i call it 80 20 i i call it making the best decisions you can most of the time 80 percent of the time you're you're eating the right foods, you're eating what you, what you know, you should be eating the other 20% of the time, you know, you have the grace period and wiggle room to, to indulge a little bit, like to give yourself a little treat. Um, but it's not sustainable to, to completely give things up cold Turkey. And that's, I hear that a lot. Um, I hear that a lot of people are, especially now whenever we're coming out of COVID and people want to lose weight and now they're like, I want to go on keto or I, I want to cut out carbs. And my question to them is why, like, what, why do you want to go on keto? Why do you want to go and cut out carbs? So I think it's just providing that education on how nutrition works. Um, because a lot of people are quick to say carbs make you fat and that's not true at all. Um, no one food is inherently going to make you fat. It's the types of foods you're eating and the quantity of foods you're eating. Um, but you just mentioned giving up pizza. I know what you were saying, but I just wanted to kind of put that out there in the world as we're coming out of COVID and people are trying to lose weight that please don't cut out carbs. Please don't go on keto and don't like eliminate, go crazy and just eliminate food groups and foods from your diet because that's setting you up for failure right at the start. Yeah, just for a record, I'm not actually eliminating pizza. I like it too much. <laughs> that was like the, the only thing I could think of in the moment. But I yeah, know that's why I said I was not knocking you. It's just you said that, and I was like, I get, 
I don't want to say triggered, but I, I literally hear this a lot. And there's that's part of the misinformation I see on online. And I see it almost every day on Facebook. Like there's so many experts on Facebook trying to put their opinions out there. And it, it just drives me out the wall. I, I, I come to the point where I have to put blinders on and not comment because I want to comment so bad, but I don't want to get in an internet war either. So it's just that like eliminating and cutting out carbs and keto are like, like just the things that kind of make my skin crawl whenever I <laughs> hear people say that because I feel like I'm constantly educating people on why carbs are not bad and why you actually need carbs. And you know what I mean? It's just education, but the market, you know, marketing wants you to cut that stuff out because they're trying to sell their products that are low carb, high protein, whatever. Well, one thing just to go back to you kindly trying to let me know that you weren't calling me out. One of the things I do love about doing this is I get all these smart people on this show to tell me about what they do. And sometimes I get put on the spot. And I like that because <laughs> not only do I learn, hopefully the people listening or watching will learn as well. So if I came off as like a client saying something that they shouldn't be necessarily saying or thinking, I'm happy to be that person. So, you know, I'm, I appreciate that. I'm actually glad that I, that I did that. <laughs> no, I am too. Uh, Cause like I said, a lot of people, it's March we're coming out and I'm seeing a, a lot of people come out of the woodworks trying to lose weight. So um, I always try whenever I do these podcasts to kind of give one tidbit. And then, yeah, when you mentioned, I know you weren't saying that you were eliminating pizza, but it was just, I'm like, Ooh, this is a good segue for me to say, Hey, if you're trying to lose weight, this is not the way to go type thing to kind of give some parting advice, <laughs> if you will. Right. And I feel like this is the kind of thing that I wanted people to learn from you today. So, and I think one other thing that I wanted people to learn about you, something that I felt I was learning as I was learning about you, that I think you just displayed, is that what you do goes beyond just food and what you're eating, it goes so much deeper than that. And I'm actually looking at this core system, the optimal health that you have, and was wondering if you could just kind of go into that a little bit and just some of the deeper aspects of what you do. Yeah. So when I work with clients, uh, it all, my core strategy kind of happens or um, organically, but I've, I put mindset first. So it's mindset, nutrition, emotion, and movement. So I put mindset first because mindset, um, one, you have to be ready, willing, and able to make a change. You have to, um, you have to be mentally ready to make a change and you have to go into it with a, with an open mind and willing to learn. Um, so mindset is super important, especially in the beginning. Um, nutrition speaks for itself. So I do provide, um, food shopping lists, um, to my clients, depending on their dietary preference. Um, I don't do meal plans cause I don't think they're very useful. Um, but I do give a shopping list and, um, and kind of guidelines, if you will. And I provide 
information, especially on hormones and how things interact with your body, just so the client understands and has a deeper understanding on why they may be stress eating or emotionally eating. Um, Because I think understanding how your hormones come into play um, will help them recognize the things that are most likely going to happen and help them get ahead of the things that are most likely going to happen. And we can work together to find healthier habits in place of food to deal with those emotions. So that's how I handle the emotion piece is kind of um, taking it as they come, whatever the struggles are, but it's most likely emotional eating um, or a confusion as far as what to eat. Uh, they're afraid of food. They're afraid to eat certain foods. Um, I've had clients with sugar addictions with binge eating tendencies. So it's really working through the emotional piece and really um, ex- kind of showing them informationally how things work, but also using the tools I've used in therapy from my personal experience, because those can apply in every aspect of your life. So I use those tools on the nutrition piece and the emotional eating piece. So I use every tool at my disposal when it comes to emotion. I don't play therapist. I actually had to refer someone to a therapist because they were outside of my scope. But when it comes to emotional eating and, and uh, kind of working with the clients, as far as that um, on the basic level, I feel like I, that's kind of where I shine because I have experience with that myself. Um, and then for the movement piece and it's self-explanatory. So when I, when I assign my clients exercise programs, it's not necessarily like go hard. Like literally my clients need to lose 50 to hundred pounds. So I, I work with the obese population. So literally I assign walking to all of my clients because any movement is good movement. And that's the easiest thing. That's the easiest on your knees, easiest on your feet when you're carrying that much extra weight. Um, and then as, as they get more mobile, then we'll just assign body weight stuff. But um, once it gets beyond body weight stuff and simple movement, I am partnered with a um, personal trainer. So I can refer that client out to a personal trainer, or if the client has a certain injury that um, they're limited to their movement and I'm not familiar because uh, I have a basic level understanding, then I, again, I'm partnered with a um, physical therapy, uh, personal trainer, so I can refer my client to them and vice versa for her nutrition. So I do have a, a personal trainer at my disposal um, for the exercise piece. Um, but yeah, so that's essentially how I work the four uh, core strategies. Like I said, it does happen organically. I don't separate them out individually as I work with the client, it kind of all comes together in one package organically. But I think that's just a good graphic to show um, what I explained earlier that uh, weight loss and living a healthy lifestyle is so much more than just exercise and food, because that's all that people talk about. Um, So I feel like there's a missed opportunity when you're not focusing on those other key areas. Wow, that that's amazing. I'm glad I asked that question because I feel like I helped to really sum up what you're about. And uh, I wish we had a lot more time to go. Yeah. Into that. I know we're kind of running a little low on time at this point. Yeah. I, at this particular point, if you liked and hopefully you did like, because I really liked uh, everything you had to say there. Um, if you liked what you heard there, how can anybody get 
in touch with you or work with you or just follow you? Yeah, sure. So uh, my website is uh, darkhorse-nutrition.com. Um, if you want to drop me an email um, and ask any questions, I'm definitely open to connecting. So it's uh, Coach Nicole at darkhorse-nutrition.com. Or you can follow me on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook at uh, the at sign thingy at uh, Nutrition Dark on both Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. I'm active on both platforms. On Instagram, it's uh, at sneaky.fit. And that's where I post my uh, podcast content and as well as nutrition um, information. Awesome. So now that we've kind of reached the end of the episode, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on or say before we wrap up? No, I just appreciate you having me on and give me the opportunity to not only talk about my business, but uh, share my story. Um, uh, definitely, this is something I'm definitely passionate about. So I love talking about this stuff. So I just appreciate you having me on and giving me this uh, amazing opportunity to network in and connect with you and and your audience. I appreciate the time that you took out of your busy schedule. I know how it is. Me just trying to do this, and you obviously know what my day looks like commuting into DC and everything yeah. else. I get up so early. So believe me, I, I see everything you're doing and I, I just really appreciate your time. And once I really studied up on you in this episode, I got really excited to hear more because I definitely think while, as I pointed out, my habits and stuff are improving, they could always be better. So it was yeah. great to kind of get a window into a view into your world and I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Um, I appreciate uh, you allowed me to be here. This is tons of fun. The only thing missing from this episode, no appearances by Fred or Wilma. Wilma's licking herself on the chair next to me. <laughs> ah, so she's- You don't want like, to see that. <laughs> no, we, we don't want to see that, but she's there in spirit and I'm, um, I know Ginger made an appearance. She usually does. She's sitting right here next to me. So. Oh, yeah. Wilma, whenever I'm on a networking call, makes it a point to walk in front of the computer screen. This is like one of the few times she has not walked into in front of the computer screen. So I'm surprised she didn't make an appearance. At least once she makes an appearance whenever I'm on video, you'll see Wilma <laughs> at least once. Uh, she'll probably make an appearance once we hit stop. Yeah. <laughs> that will be the moment. That's well, right. Nicole Malone, I thank you very much. Again, you are Precision Nutrition Certified Coach, Small Business Owner at Dark Horse Nutrition LLC, and Podcaster at Sneaky Fit Podcast, which I hope someday we hear a little bit more there. I know you're on a, a pseudo hiatus. Yeah. So that, that is all I have for today's episode. I am Mark Schmidt. This was Nicole Malone, and I'll be back with a new episode soon. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.